Today we're going to continue our roughly year-long focus on the New Testament letters. And we're looking at the letters in the uh, order that they were written. And so we started by looking at the book of James, which was written around 45 AD. James was Jesus's little brother, and God inspired him to write this letter to the Jewish believers that were scattered all around the world. James relied on that common frame of reference the Jewish believers and he would have as he was writing that book. Um, we see this in references that he makes. He makes reference to Abraham and uh, Rahab, Job, Elijah, to the law, to the Ten Commandments. And he alludes to passages in 21 Old Testament books. Um, all of the Pentateuch, Joshua, 1 Kings, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and seven of the 12 minor prophets. And so you can tell that this Jewish audience was clearly on James's mind. It's a short letter, and in just five chapters, uh, when you read it for the first time, it can sort of seem scattered, um, or like James is upset about a lot of things. But it makes more sense whenever you remember a few factors. First, the book of James is one of the general epistles, and the word epistle means that it's written in a letter form, and general means that it's written not to a specific person or group of people like a church in a specific city, but it's written to a larger group of people, so it has a broader audience. The second thing is that its style suggests that it was written primarily to be read aloud, which would have been a common practice at the time. And third, people have a lot going on, and God had a lot to cover. If God was inspiring you to write a letter to believers all over the world, what topics do you think might be included? Would your letter include words of encouragement? James does. Would your letter include words of warning? James does. Would your letter point out common pitfalls? James does. Would your letter remind believers that authentic faith in God is of the primary importance? James does. I mean, can you imagine a time when God thought that his people would need to hear about things like the importance of enduring faith or dangers of trying to please everyone or managing anger, dealing with temptation, financial issues, favoritism, prejudice, authenticity, the power and danger of words, or humility and wisdom. Can you imagine a time? Well, if we still lived in a time like that, I would be glad that God inspired James to write the letter that he did. With all that the book of James covers, what is the common thread? Well, I don't know uh, sort of what hobbies you have or maybe some things you're looking into. Um, I've got some different hobbies, but one of the hobbies I don't have yet, but I'm looking into that I want to get into is woodworking. I do not know a lot about woodworking. I have done very little woodworking, but I am in that stage of getting a few essential tools and watching a bunch of videos and reading some books and stuff about it. And I'm learning all sorts about all sorts of things about woodworking. And in woodworking, there are all sorts of different gauges. And there are things that you use to make sure that the lumber you get is straight or to get um, rough cut lumber to make it straight. There are things, matter of fact, for Christmas, one of the things I got was a, a little uh, digital um, 
angle gauge so that you has a magnetic base and you put it on the blade to make sure that the angle you're going to cut is the correct angle. And so there's all sorts of gauges for all sorts of different things with woodworking. It's a, a fascinating um, hobby. And uh, so that's something that I've been getting into. But the gauge is what is the common thread throughout the book of James. The book of James aims to provide a gauge for faith. Specifically, how to gauge if your faith is strong. The faith gauge is a tool that you're to use to examine and improve your own faith. And this is our fourth week looking at the book of James. And so we're going to be looking at James chapter 4. And since James provides us with a gauge to tell if our faith is strong, then according to James 4, what does strong faith do? The faith gauge number one is that a person with strong faith moves towards God. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Can you believe that there was a time where God's people used to quarrel and fight among themselves? Turns out they didn't always have pure desires. They were jealous of each other. They would plot and scheme to get things their way. They would take things into their own hands rather than ask God. And if they did ask God, they would do it with a wrong motive. Their faith was weak. So in order to have a strong faith, James encourages them to move towards God. If you aren't moving towards God, why? Have you bought into the lie that the gauge for strength is independence? The ability to do things on your own and ask for nothing? Well, that's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture says that strength comes from a dependence on God. So hold that gauge up to your heart and see if you need to move towards God. The second faith gauge is a person with strong faith is focused on obeying God. A person with strong faith is focused on obeying God. In James 4.11, it says, Don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or to destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So if Puget Sound Energy had a meter on your heart, where would you be spending most of your energy? Are you focused on others, what they are doing, what you can criticize, or is your energy focused on making sure you are walking in obedience? One of those is a sign of weak faith and one is a sign of strong faith. And according to James, faith gauge number two in chapter four, a person with strong faith is focused on obeying God. Faith gauge number three is a person with strong faith acknowledges God's control. A person with strong faith acknowledges God's control. In verse 13, it says, look here, you who say today or tomorrow, we are going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. 
Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans, and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Some might remember the passage and think that James is being pedantic, overly concerned with minor details. But while the words may seem minor, the difference in heart and thought is huge. In the negative example, God doesn't figure into their plans at all. The gift of today and tomorrow are taken for granted without acknowledging the giver of life. The profit is based on their plans, their knowledge, their business sense, without even a nod to the one who gave them intellect, opportunity, and favor. James provides a gauge of faith. The truth is God's in control. But how often is that fact acknowledged in our plans or in our thoughts and in our communication? Do you have arrogance or pride in the gifts and blessings that God has given you? Does that take away from the faith you are supposed to be placing in God himself? Faith gauge number three is that a person with strong faith acknowledges God's control. Like a light on the dashboard of a car or an alarm clock with a snooze button, it's easy to ignore warnings in our spiritual life. We need to make sure that we are taking regular time to check the gauges of our faith. This is done through prayer and scripture when we take a posture before God like that of the psalmist who wrote in Psalms 139, 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Strong faith moves towards God, focuses on obeying God, and acknowledging God's control. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you today, and we do, Lord God, recognize that you are in control. Lord, in recognizing that you're in control, we also recognize that you call each of us to come before you, to draw close to you, Lord God, that you made a way that we could, we who are imperfect, can have a relationship with you who is perfect because of what your son Jesus Christ did. And so, Lord God, we want to um, accept that gracious offering of your son Jesus and have that relationship with you and to draw close to you just as your sons and your daughters. And Lord God, we want to be obedient sons and daughters to you, Lord God. Help us not take for granted all that you've blessed us with, all that you've given us, Lord God, and help us to remember that you are in control, that we rely on you, and help us to obey you the best we can. Help us to pour our energy into that, Lord God, so that we could have a strong faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being with us today and make sure and join us next week for part five of the book of James.